Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Burntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. Welcome to episode six of Blood Culture. I'm Lance. I'm David. I'm the producer. And, and you're many other things as and well. And many other things. <laughs> and I'm the co-writer. We'll see you afterwards for a quick chat. But for now, episode six of Blood Culture. There is blue above me. Sky blue. A projected cloud slinks across my vision. I'm lying back on a beanbag. <laughs> they say good gear comes in small bulk. Well, that's true of you, isn't it? Look at all this stuff they've got laid out here, will you? Calming hair balm. Lavender stress oil. Hoppy ear candles. Just bollocks. What do you office types know about stress? If you do something, they'll know. Richard... Well, no. He won't let you hurt me. Oh, sit back down, will you? I know the big man has got a wee bit of a soft spot for you, but you know what? I'll do what I like with you. He picks up a massager, tests his weight in his hand. There's other people in this game looking out for me. I'm bulletproof. Ah, so it's right. You're just Sheldrake's attack dog. He pauses a moment. Livy was right. Ewan is working for Sheldrake. Oh, that's good you got that name. Oh, Aisha, you're pretty special for someone buried in HR. You've got to get this, though. Drake and I, Mrs Sheldrake, we've worked contracts in Iraq, protecting green zones. She knows how I work. What has to be done? He gifts me a thin smile and lays the mass archer down. There is still a way we could do this. You don't want Richard to know what you've been up to, and I don't want him to know what you've been up to. You pass over the case, I stay quiet, and you know what? If there is a regime change here, if we do see Richard moving on and upwards, well, I can tell you there'd be a use for you, girl. He leans forward, grabbing me. His hands at my throat, closing and pressing, and I reach out, slowly. Or we could do it the other way. Inching my fingers to the side. Which has benefits. Finding it. Are you going to tell me where your pal Libby put that case? Closing my hand on cold steel. Or am I going to have to force it from you? That buzzes into life. What? I swing and strike. Forcing the massager into his mouth. And then kick him hard between the legs. And I'm up, and he is groveling, and I run. So we'll pull up at the gates, and this wiry bloke, Farmer, runs out. And there's dogs at his heels and a machete in his hand. Richard's out first, smiling, racked, racked, blood, he shouts, and draws out a thick water note. The dogs are snarling and drooling, the farmer's frowning. He looks from the cash, to me, to the sheds. 
and Richard throws more money into his chest, more money than the bloke's ever seen. Walks straight past him, dogs at his heels. He pulls at the door. Sick air gushes out. Death on that air. And inside there's beds. Every ten feet, and on every bed, there's a body. A living body. The farmer's behind me, Richard's a pace ahead, and there's chains and there's locks on the beds. Stained mattresses. When they're looking at me, their faces are grey and empty. Well, I know what they're doing here. Richard knows what they're doing here. And the floor's red. And there it is. There's the truth of it all. Bodies strapped to beds, needles in their arms, bags above their heads, filling up with blood. So Richard's walking down this line of beds. He's touching them like some modern-day messiah. He's laying on his hands. And I'm behind him. There's flies everywhere, buzzing. My head's hurting. And I want to free them. And I tell Richard. And his eyes meet mine, he gives me a look. And it's like a smile. So I go to the beds. I'm trying to bust the chains. I'm screaming at them, biting me, attacking. I swing a boot at one, it yelps. Farmer cuts me with a knife. I twist his arm and break his wrist and he's down. And we're fighting on the floor. And Richard just walks out over us and I'm left, fighting in the dirt. I'm running out. Corridor, left to right, I have to choose. Stairs at the end, I take them. Up, up. Metastaff is coming down, I sprint at them. Doors ahead, choose one, punch is started, opened. Come back, bitch! Now I'm in an open space, a rec room. I run on, and Ewan follows. Someone stop her! I smash through the breakout lounges and bust up buzz groups. Paper and workers are spilling around me. I spin left into the conference room, breaking up an exec huddle and hurdling the desk. He dives at me, grabs my ankle. I fall and kick him in the head. I'm up again, running out onto the floor that looks out over the atrium. I need to find stairs. I need to get out. In front of me is the great chrome slide, twisting and turning down from floor to floor. No, you don't. The only way down. I run at it, jump on. I'm going fast, down, down. I can do this, rushing and spinning. There are figures below, three men waiting for me. There is nothing I can do. Coming up on my left, a little balcony. I could get to it. My hands burn as I slow and stop myself. I stand, 40 feet up. The balcony is six feet away from where the slide curves towards it. I lift myself, standing on the edge of the slide. Don't look down. Just a short jump. I land and try to roll. My skull cracks on concrete and white light burns before my eyes. 
I lie on my back, looking up. The world weaves and bobs. There is a door above me, and, and there is an eagle on the door. The markings from the bags. The bag that had my blood in it. I raise myself to my knees. I found it. So, I fought this farmer off. I gave him a good hiding, and his dogs. And I locked them up in his shack, eventually. And Richard's gone. So I was just left there. Bleeding, bruised, surrounded by these sheds full of greyed out bodies in the middle of nowhere. So I called the cops. The police found eight sheds full of migrant workers. They'd come from Nepal, they needed money, so they were chained and bled two or three times a week. And that made them so weak that they were stuck, trapped. Meta sent a car for me, plane ticket, bundle of cash, paid me off and took me home. Richard never spoke to me again. Listen, Livy, what happened in there? What happened in those rooms? It's changed everything. I saw hell. He saw opportunity. And he's really doing this now. He's building a new centre, something hidden, something that goes beyond Meta Beta, and I know that. But he won't let me near the truth, not anymore. So, I want to stop him. I know that, Livy, just like you do. You can't do it on your own, no matter how strong or how resourceful you are. I know him. I understand him. And together, we can stop him. Stop him? The end of Meta? The end of whatever it is he's planning. Oh, I shouldn't trust you, I really... I shouldn't... But... It's what he does, isn't it? He bleeds people. That's how he makes his money. A million little cuts. Take me to the case. We'll use it against him. Yes. Okay, I'll take you, but, but it isn't here. We'll need to drive. Vince the baby, what's going on? Uh, uh, Livy, have you heard from Aisha? No, not a sausage. She's in Meta Beta, she's gonna ring me. Oh, well, she's a very big girl, she can look after herself, Vinny. Yeah, uh, right, look, look, I'm getting worried. I did these tests. Right, right, more of your tests. Some of the blood, it's not normal. <laughs> I know that, Vinny. No, it's different. Oh. It's artificial. I think Richard's trying to manufacture blood. He's making blood from stem cells, and it's got the same profile as Aisha. No, 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 no. He's farming it. Hang on, hang on. Hey, would Richard actually try and make blood, you know, manufacture it? Well, he might, if it was easy to do. Vinny, how easy is it to make blood? What? Whole blood. Really difficult. Expensive? Yeah, about 
Says it costs about 20k a unit. What? No, no chance. <laughs> That's not what he's doing, Vinny. He is, but... Look, who are you talking to? Then? Just someone I work with. Who? Listen, Vinny, baby, we're on to him. You know yesterday you said that there was a sample with a low cell count? Yeah, but hang on, who are you... Well, there you go. There's your proof. He's bleeding people, bleeding people for money. Tell him about the red market. Oh, yeah. Who is that with you? Oh, gosh, it's just Alan, okay? He, look, he used to work for Meta, but now he doesn't. What? Livy, this is a really bad idea. Darling, it's all right. I've tested him out in my own special way. Look, we're off to sort everything out. What do you mean you're off to sort? Off, off where? <laughs> just souls. Look, I'm going to get the case. No, wait, let, let's talk to Aisha. Vinny, sweetie, we don't need Aisha to tell us what to do all the time. Well, we do. Stop, Livy. Just wait. I know what I'm doing. Trust blood. My head burns and throbs. The ground pitches and yaws. I stagger forward. Doors open before me and then... White. A long, curved corridor stretches out before me, without end. I start walking. No features, no doors, going on forever, white and perfect. I feel sick. I hold the wall, press my head against it. There is no time, no up or down, just the white. A dot forms in front of me. that gradually resolves itself into a figure. I drop to my knees, sit on my haunches and wait. It grows into a girl. She approaches, red robes hanging from her. She is young, her eyes wide and oversized, her hair lank, skin sallow. She crouches before me and touches her hands to my face. What are you? What are you? What are you? She asks me and I catch her wrist. My head throbs. My sight doubles. No one is allowed here. You're not allowed. You have to go. I see two girls now. I, I, I grab at them. Nothing can come from outside. Nothing that is not of the body. Oh, you have to leave. Come with me. I can't leave. No, no, no. Stop. You have to go. You look like him. We miss him so much. He's moving me now. And I'm so lonely. Lonely and frightened. He put his poison in me. He told us not to fight it. We must never fight it. If we are to be pure. The white light fills us up. 
Hey, get off her. Get off. She's mine. Go on. Now go on, go on, go on. Go away. Get back. And it burns it all away. She's mine. Now piss off. Yeah, I have her. I have her. Oh, wait a sec. I'm just driving up to the lights. The stench of dogs and mildew. My head bouncing and swaying between seats. Oh, you're not on speaker, then don't worry, she's out cold. Yeah, she created a lot of trouble in Metabita. I mean, a lot of people will have seen what she did. Arms clasped behind my back, tightly locked and bound. No, not Richard. You won't know anything. Nothing. My mouth dry. My face pushed into darkness. I twist. Move my body. The old man's head is too far up his arse on this one. Be easy to cover it. I'm in the back of a car. Wedged between two seats. What am I going to do with her? She's going to be useful, whoever she is. Looking up now, I can see the leafless tops of trees. Skeletal fingers clawing at the sky. We are driving into the countryside. Yeah. Just outside Lewis. Dad. He knows. In the end, it was too easy. I got her phone when she was out, and there were messages all over it. They're not as professional as we thought. Yeah. Exactly. I can't let him do this. I'll lay by outside Lewis on the A27. Pretty specific. The other girl is going down there with Alan. Oh, Livy, what have you done? <laughs> yeah, you heard me, Alan. He seems to have made the breakthrough. Believe for him, eh? No, no. I don't know what he wants. Probably the case, yeah, same as us. Maybe he wants to give it back to his boss. Yeah. I kick against my ties. Someone called Vanny. Doesn't sound like a real name. Do you know him? I'll let you have the number. I can't do anything. Not forced down like this. Not bound and tied and gagged. Oh, hang on. Okay, I gotta go, she's moving. Hey there, doll. You waking up? Well, why don't you go back to sleep? Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it. Or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz and how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts. You awake again there, Aisha? Good for you, you're just in time. You see, I can see them. Crazy old Livy and your pa. You just stay there. I'll come back for you if I need you. He's gone. I twist my body over onto my front. Hey, Alan, old boy. What you got there? Wait, it's him. 
keep back. Ewan, what are you doing here? I pushed my legs against the car door. <laughs> You're still helping the old boss, mate, yeah? I thought you'd gone off the rails. Writhing my body into a sitting position until I can Alan. see. Alan, what is he doing here? Ewan, go away. You're not needed the here. country road in the evening light. Keep the heed, man. Keep the heed. <laughs> I thought you'd need some help with the wee cycle lassie there. No. Dad's camper van with three figures in front of it. You're with him? All right, Alan, just keep calm. You bastard! Libby, uh, chill, all right? Chill. Alan, who is this? He's company security, but he doesn't work with me. You liar, you freaking liar! <laughs> you played me! Libby, come on, Saul's right. We've got to keep calm. I'm not with him. Ow! My ear! What did you hit me for? They're fighting. Oh, I won't let leave him alone. Ewan is laughing. I'll take you down. And then, Dad sees me. Aisha! And he runs to me. Aisha! And Ewan swings at him. All right, you lot. I've had enough. He has me out the door, dragging me across the greasy tarmac by my hair. I got your friend, all right? Let her go. Give me the keys. Let me give it to her. Never. Stop it now. All of you. Look at this. Look at this. He stands over me and pulls my head up. I will bleed her out unless you stop pissing me around. A knife. A box cut and knife were pressed into my throat, cutting into my flesh. Whoa, what are you doing? Stop it. You, get up. Give me the keys. You are so dear. Stay cool. Come on, man. Put it down. You can have me instead. Piss off. What do I want you for? Ewan, put the knife down now. Get off out of it, Alan. Hey, your time is done. You and we don't work like this. Oh, you don't, but I do. Richard is over, Alan, old boy, and so are you. Dad is up, on the right, moving in towards Ewan. Your time is gone, so stop with the threats and get that girl to give me the cake. You want it, do you? Now they're all closing in. Aisha, get yourself ready. You and drop the knife now. Play that sweetheart, yeah? Don't panic. They are zeroing in on Ewan and me and the knife. Keep back! The blade cuts across my throat. Blood begins to flow. No! Aisha! And they move. Ah! Livy throws the case at Ewan. Dad throws himself into me. The case hits. Alan charges him down. Oh, Aisha, I've got you. He tears the gag out of my mouth. Dad, the case. Oh, God. I did warn you, Alan. Oh, boy. Alan is down. Ewan is on him, beating him. Then Livy flies at him, and it is not going to be pretty. I got the case, sweetheart. Oh, Jesus, Livy. What's she doing to you? I grab Dad by the wrist and we run to the van. We run to the van and get in and throw the door closed and Ewan and Alan and Livy squirm and battle on the ground. We can't leave Livy! But she sits up in the middle of the fight, blood on her face, eyes burning. She waves us away with a slash of her hand. Drive! Dad stumps the accelerator. The engine kicks into life. I look back at the figures thrashing and darting in the falling rain. Watching them dance and wheel about in the gloaming of that long day. 
return a bend. And they are gone. It's Dad and me now. We have each other. Each other. And the case. Blood Culture was written and produced by Lance Dam and featured the voices of Chetna Pandia, Bryony Afferson, Jack Claff, Nathan Bryan, Stephen Critchlow, Alan Gilchrist, Tam Dean Byrne, Beer Yasumi, and Lizzie Parkinson. The music was by Claire M. Singer, Simon James, and Michael Jakarczyk. The sound design was by Marley Cole. The biomedical consultant was Dr. Christina Loselso. The executive producer was Nick Ware. The story was by Lance Dan, Phil Connolly, and David Wigram. Blood Culture was a Resonance 104. Lance, there is a lot going on. Supported yeah, that's the infamous punch-up in the lay-by. Uh, I mean, certainly everything's coming together and all the all the pieces and all the people are colliding in <sighs> interesting ways. Huge shout-out to Marley Cole, who'd sound designed that episode. He did that one, only that one episode, and won a bronze award at the Audio Production Awards for sound design. So. Well, look, um, we've we actually got some really interesting uh, discussions um, uh, from uh, uh, musicians. Yeah, uh, back in the studio. So uh, why don't we uh, send, with the magic of editing, um, all you guys uh, back to the studio um, to hear what we were discussing. Right, so I do want to turn now to, um, I, I guess, some of the, the most shocking material within the show, which is this 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 shed, this this bleeding place out in, uh, uh, where was it? Um, Gorakhpur. Gorakhpur. I hope this is something you've made up, Lance. No. There was an incident in Gorakhpur, which is very much as we described it, uh, and this was based on something that happened a few years ago, where migrants from Nepal impoverished migrants will come across the border be given a small amount of money and then kind of be hooked that way and they ended up being bled so much they were too weak to escape and they were kind of kept in cattle sheds and there'd be like a cattle shed and then there'd be a shed with people in that's horror movie stuff that's, yeah. that's but um, I mean that's one of the problems that the, the Indian system of blood donation I talked to uh, a Professor Judy Kent about the kind of different economies of blood donation we assume that in the west and in england we've got this nice altruistic system mm. you go to america you've got a market underpins it goes enters a market afterwards and blood brokers sell blood to each other across america okay so i have to admit this raises a whole load of question uh, about the body's ability to kind of be drained of blood and dr christina i know this isn't exactly your your area of expertise but um how much blood is taken during a normal kind of voluntary donation do you know so during a normal voluntary donation, usually is about 350 to maybe 400 or 450 ml. So it's M milliliters. milliliters. Right. So it will be less than half a liter, which would be less than 10% of the overall amount of blood that an adult, no, average person would have. Okay, so they, they take a chunk of, but not all of 10% of, of your blood in, in, in one donation. Uh, and I think normally there's like a few months in between donations. Yes, there have to be at least a few weeks mm. um, because it does take time for the body to replace 
all the all the cells and the proteins that have been taken away and uh, it takes less than a few weeks but of course if you keep bleeding bleeding a person uh, too often then eventually you break the recovery system and mm. you end up uh, developing anemia because you've been bleeding more than you can produce Mm. But Wait. also, it's, it's exactly as you mentioned, if it is done for money and by people that just want to make themselves rich, then the quality of the product, which is in this case is blood, will not be so good. And it is actually a massive problem. It's not only for blood, but it's for a whole lot of, for example, not completely legal stem cell clinic or clinics that provide cell therapies of whatever sort. And this could be therapies that are not really proven, that they're not really controlled and uh, accidents happen. So it is very, very important for people to just follow what are the guidelines of governments and hospitals and well, well practiced research. There is actually a lot about it on the International Society for Stem Cell Research uh, website. And it is there are really guidelines that would apply to any sort of um, but I think uh, let's turn. Sorry, we've been ignoring you, Claire. Sorry about that. Um, uh, so, Claire, you're officially the theme composer, right? Yeah. So, uh, what does that mean? Because there's music throughout the this series, um, but the theme sounds kind of primary and important. T tell us about that. Yeah. So, um, my track for cello and electronics are different places used throughout um, the series, and. Uh, yeah, it's taken from my debut album, Solas. Oh, is it? Yes. It is. Nice, nicely, nicely played. Which yeah. is, um, you know, online if anyone wants to purchase. Is it? That's amazing. And 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 they would search for it under Claire M. Singer Solas, and you will get it on your Google search. <laughs> so, uh, well, actually, I'll, I'll come to you, Lance. How did you choose? Because uh, uh, obviously, this is the right music for this. But how did you choose um, Claire's theme? It just had an emotional impact and a sweep that really appealed to me. And it had that sense of drama. And as soon as I heard it, I was like, oh God, yeah, this is, I've got to work with this. And it was, um, it hit me in a kind of very kind of visceral way when I was putting the music together. Claire, what, what, there's a quote I love from John Barry, who's an amazing uh, composer of a film, who says uh, uh, that our dirty secret is that we're not musicians, we're dramatists. W was drama kind of, were you aware of that when you were making, because obviously you, you made it before you were even aware of this, this show? Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I basically just sit in the studio and what comes out is what you hear. So there's, so you're there's a drama never queen, any pre-planning. <laughs> <laughs> and when you're creating that stuff, are you sort of uh, imagining anything? Are you, you know, are you thinking of rolling fields or is it a very pure musical Punch thing? Punch-ups in toilets. <laughs> yes, are you thinking of people punching each other? Well, in well now I am when I listen to it. Has <laughs> <laughs> it ruined different places forever? <laughs> I would um, have to say, though, yes. it is really exciting to to hear a different place and a, a completely different context. Yes. To, you know, obviously I wrote it for my album. Yes. And then to hear it... Um, on the in the in a radio drama, it's just so exciting, and it gives this whole new slant to it, and that's what I really love. Is that it's kind of taken on another life. Do you make films? Yeah, I do. Yeah, so I made a film called Afa Solier, which is um, Gaelic for a clearing, and basically it was filmed in the Isle of Skye. And there's a 17-minute piece of organ and electronic music that goes with this film, and it's of the Old Man of Store, which is a kind of a mountain in the Isle of Skye and it's just showing I mean in Skye the weather changes by the second it can be one minute it can be completely a lovely beautiful day and the next you, it can be very dreek very dreek I know <laughs> I, we Can't can link let's yeah. link we can do this it's the internet. Well, let's link off the uh, show notes on the website to that I, absolutely yeah we can do that 
I mean, the, 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 but the best thing about being on Sky, of course, is the Talisker. I would have to agree. Yes. <laughs> yes. Some very, very fine whiskey they make up there on the Isle of Skye. Yes. Um, uh, but listen, we're ignoring the others, so we're going we're gonna to turn back to the boys now. Um, thank you, Claire. <laughs> thank you. So obviously Claire's written the theme, which I guess is the, the, the key musical element. So I've I got to ask, Simon, so you sound designer and you do music, uh, and you're, you're working with a lot of the rest of the music. Do you consciously kind of follow on from her style or do you make it deliberately different how do you go about working with another musician's creation well in this case no i used a lot of music that i'd already created (laughs) it just (laughs) happened to be what i had on the shelf that i could i could find that would fit but i think the kind of stuff that i make does lend itself to working with strings and more orchestral um, material and I tend to make music that's quite dramatic anyway. I can make songs, but I tend to make more kind of dramatically themed music that that sits nicely under action scenes or, I don't know, I guess mystery and stuff like that. So that's felt quite natural. I think part of it too is that when you work with musicians, it's quite nice to sometimes just get them to give you a palette of music of a certain style and you're kind of forced to work within that palette as opposed to going, I want this specific piece of music for that scene, because that makes you make unexpected connections. Obviously, there's been a lot of research um, that's gone into this show, and uh, you haven't just created a a, a drama serial. Um, You've created a a kind of a wider um, sort of ecosystem. uh, uh, And I think... A story world. A story world. I like that. Steve, is that the kind of jargon that Lance has been using with you? Oh, yes, I'm afraid so. That's the kind of nonsense he comes out with all the time. But yes, we have created a, a, a network of websites. So there's a, a Meta Corporation website where you can go and apply for a job. Give us the URL. Go on. It is metabeta.co.uk. Very good. Beta, all one word. And it's a kind of satire of the hard edge of corporate tech websites. Oh yes, I wouldn't want you to think of my design skills. Okay, so so uh, we, we've got metabeta.co.uk and obviously uh, blood-culture.com um, I should say, thank you very much Steve for coming along. My pleasure. Uh, Simon, uh, always a pleasure chatting to you. Thanks. And uh, uh, to Claire, thank you. Uh, and Dr. Christina, um, good to see you again. Thank you, it's always a pleasure. Uh, and from Lance and from me, David, this is uh, goodbye from Blood Culture. Until next time. Excellent. Hello, dear stranger. I'd like to introduce you to something new. Or perhaps something very, very old. The Heresies of Radolf Burntwine is a horror fantasy medical mystery following the titular monk turned traveling medical investigator. Follow Radolf as he navigates a nightmare world in which viruses are gods and the human race are not their favored children. Steeped in history and an aesthetic that can only be described as a combination of occult academia and laboratory Judaica, the heresies of Radolf Burntwine have been described as Umberto Echo meets H.P. Lovecraft. For more information, check out the Patreon at thorb.info. But take care, dear stranger, for some truths are best left unknown. <laughs>